Hello and welcome to Off The Shelf Reviews. I'm sure this movie was a lot gorier than I remember. And I'm Gary. And today we're going to review and discuss Saw 2, which released in 2005 from writers Lee Winnell and Darren Lynn Boseman, and directed by Darren Lynn Boseman. Ian, why don't you give us the synopsis? Well, taking place after Saw 1, the movie follows Detective Eric Matthews, played by Donnie Wahlberg. He's investigating a jigsaw trap killing and has been left evidence by Jigsaw to look for deeper clues. As Detective Matthews comes face to face with Jigsaw, played by Tobin Bell, he realises that not only is he part of a game, but his son might be as well, and if they follow the rules, they might just make it out alive. <laughs> How much blood will you shed to stay alive, Michael? Live or die? So after the overnight success of the first Saw movie, yep. uh, Saw 2 was greenlit by the studios immediately. immediately yep. However, Lee Winnell and James Wan were around the world promoting Saw 1. Yeah. So the studio were like, right, let's get the script for Saw 2. Anyone? Anyone? <laughs> mean Meanwhile, uh, Darren Lynn Boseman was out there with his script... The Desperate, and he was, well, desperately trying to find right, a studio okay, yeah. to get it made. And every studio went, nah, it's too violent, it's too gory, it's too extreme, we, we don't want to do it. Uh, and then, obviously, the weekend that Saul was out, they're like, hey, hey, you got that script? Yeah, we we think we might turn that into a movie. Oh, right, okay. And then, also, moments later, we got another phone call from the DP of the, the first Saul movie going, hey, uh, remember that script you wrote? I think... Bring it over here to Lionsgate. Uh, we, we, we might want to look at that. Oh, right. So they okay. brought him over. They sat yeah. him down and went, uh, your script, The uh, we're going to turn that into Saw 2. We know it's not a Saw script you've written, but we're going to turn that into Saw 2. Uh, and, he, and he sold it. And really? then also became the director for this film. So oh, he wow. finally got to make his desperate movie. Right. But they on also they did also bring in Lee Whannell, who wrote the first film, to yeah. come in and then bridge that script into... The, the second Saw film. That's how he also gets writing credit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's like, isn't the Hellraiser would do like in its late sequels? <laughs> exactly. Saw was like, Dad, we'll just do it right away because we yeah. ain't got one and we need to get production going right away. And then this film was shot in 25 days. It was all shot in one location. Yeah. It was, they kept the budget down, but they still, you can tell, had plenty more money this time around. Yeah, you know, weirdly enough, that explains a lot now about Saw 2 because... Yeah. I was watching it, and I haven't watched Saw 2 in, in a long time. Um, but I, I, I was sure it was a lot more gorier, a lot more shocking than I remembered. You know, I was watching it for, for making notes and thinking, Jesus Christ, this is nowhere as bad as the first movie. Right. And now I'm finding out that actually the director had already written this script. I mean, so I'm guessing The Desperate was about a bunch of people trapped in a house. Yeah. Having to deal with different... Traps and you know, Lee Winnell to... was brought in to write in the wraparound story, yeah. which is now Detective Eric Matthews sat down with Jigsaw trying to save his son. Yeah, and that stuff I really, really like. You know, we, Gary and I were talking before we turned the, the, the cameras on that what works for this one works for the first one is two people in one room just kind of conversing while the rest of the movie happens around them. Whereas, I guess, in this one, they go, let's have seven people and not chain them to anything yeah yeah they had to up the body count because obviously that's what you do in a horror sequel but 
I also like the fact that they, they do kind of start the saw motif with this one, with the trap at the beginning. Now, that was something, again, that Lee Whannell was, when he was, like, making the abridged scripts, uh, Saw 2 script, he was yeah. like, well, we need to have a, something at the beginning of this film to remind audiences that it's a Saw movie. Yeah. And he spent ages devising a new trap. And he was, you know, toying with the idea with that reverse bear trap, but decided to turn this into a Venus fly type trap. Yeah, like an Iron Maiden kind of face mask. Yeah, and so we get the music, we get the jigsaw puppet, we get uh, all, all of the tropes with the edits and the camera work again. I'm like, okay, yeah, we're right back into a Saw movie. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, the... Uh, it, and it is one of those sequences that you might want to look away from, especially when he's got the razor and he's looking at slicing his eye open to get the key behind it. Yeah, but do you know what? This is what made me realise it's not as gory as I remember because... In this sequence, there's a lot more of the fast, frantic kind of cuts and edits that we would recognize with the Saw movies, especially as the sequels come along. And yet, all I was just like, I swear, you know, we see him try to cut his eye or we see him do something, but you don't. You honestly just, like, if he didn't get up from his chair, he must have been able to sit there for ages. Yeah, indefinitely. Indefinitely, but instead he gets up and he starts the 60 second countdown. Well, that's the same which... thing that happened with Amanda in the first one. They kind of triggered their own trap yeah, by, yeah, by yeah. panicking. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, if they'd taken the time to actually look around and work it out, it's not, not panicking, but the timer kick, ticks down and then all of a sudden the trap closes on his face. The guy's dead. And we're cutting to uh, Donnie Warburg uh, playing Detective Matthews. Now, this was pre-Blue Bloods. So I'm pretty sure they watched him in this and went, hey, he plays a good burnt out cop. Right. Not <laughs> once, even if you look really carefully, not once can you see what district or city he is in by his police badge. No. <laughs> the movie does it really, really well to just hide all the background locations. But the opening scene establishes him as a bit of a douchebag dad. Yeah, yeah. You know, is. and I was also like, ooh, the first saw exterior shot, really. Yeah. <laughs> it's in yeah. daylight. Well, but where are we? It doesn't. We're on a pier. <laughs> We're on a pier somewhere. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, his son kind of marches off and he's just like, oh, go be with your mother then. And... Oh, yeah, you, you, you're just like, is he a burnt out cop? Has he been a horrible dad? What, like, what is his connection to the Saw uh, killings? Because he's actually not investigating it. He, no. You know, we've got Dina Meyer, who reprises her role from the first movie. Uh, Carrie. I, the funny thing is, Wikipedia now, she's just called Carrie. It's yeah, not like not Lieutenant detective. or Detective. She's just Carrie. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she almost feels like a different person than she was in the last film, despite being the same part. So, okay, that's fine. But yeah, they get a call early on, don't they, as to uh, Jigsaw's whereabouts? Yeah. And uh, so I was like, oh wow, this is this is this is moving quickly. Yeah. So they, so they get their SWAT team together and they they head out to this location. And when they when they get there, the SWAT team move in. Um, there's a little bit of a trap, which I was sure that, like I said, I was sure there was going to be some gory deaths, but. Um, one of them gets their shins broken and then the rest of them get kind of electrocuted, not even killed. Yeah. Because they're still on the floor kind of complaining. But that was like Jigsaw's trap to stop intruders coming in. Uh, when they head up the stairs, they find Tobin Bell there, looking probably the youngest he will ever look in any well, of Well, barring flashbacks, movies. but yeah. Well, he, even in the flashbacks, flashbacks in the later movies, he looks older because they don't even try to de-age him. Um... And, and he's hooked up to all this medical equipment, so obviously they're retaining the idea that obviously he's still dying of the cancer that he had in the first one. And 
he's there and he, he he's talking to Detective uh, Matthews and they realize that shit, okay, there's all these TV monitors set up and they are looking at about seven or eight other people locked in a house. Get over it. What do you mean get over it? I mean stop bitching about it and let's do something. I think we should all just calm down. Shut up, shut up. I hear something. And that's where we then get introduced to all of the, I guess, participants of the new game. Yeah. As they all start to come around and realize where they are. And uh, I have to ask, though, at what point did you actually get any of their names? Uh, Xavier was the, the, the big, brutish, thuggish, angry guy. Yeah, but when did you get his name? Oh, when they play the tapes. <laughs> Which isn't until like later. <laughs> right, yeah, so I'm just like, but that's it, like, they're all stereotypical kind of characters, I'm like. These was how I, I made the notes, you got the good looking one, then you've got the quiet one in the dinner jacket, then you had um, Jonas, played by Glenn Plummer, who yeah. I actually recognised uh, from Menace to Society and some other movies, like you said, you had Xavier, the big kind of jock, um, you had the, the hoodie guy, who was kind of quiet, but that explains now where these characters came from, because I was like, you're not even giving us any of their names. At least in the first one, we knew the characters' names like immediately. Yeah, because they had the little packets that they opened. Yeah, in this one, I'm just looking at Amanda. And even when Amanda wakes up, uh, played by Shawnee Smith, and immediately goes and finds the loose brick and finds the tape because she's been in a Saw game before. When they play the tape, it's not like Saw Jigsaw says the characters' names. No, he kind of addresses all of them. Yeah, really. he just addresses them he all. He gives them the rules. But that would explain because the direct, the original script... Yeah. Was just a bunch of strangers locked in a house dealing with uh, a poisonous gas. Essentially, yeah, yeah. Now, uh, I do think it's kind of cool that um, a bit of a setup here. Yeah. But when we cut to all of them in the house, there's uh, everyone's pretty much awake except for one who yeah. is laying face down yeah. in the middle of the room. Yeah. I was like, ah, oh, that's kind of like, like Jigsaw in the first movie. In the first movie, yeah. 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 I wonder if it'll setting anything up or it's just a coincidence. <laughs> But yeah, it's like the panic starts to set in. They're like, really? We're going to be poisoned and we're going to die in two hours, but the door's open in three. Uh, and oh, there's a key and there's a note that says, don't open that door. <laughs> yeah. So he's like, okay, well, I'm going to put the key in there and I'm going to look for, oh, I've been shot in the head. Shot in the face. <laughs> it's like, oh, that's one down. I yeah. to worry about, I'm never going to learn his name. No, no, that's it. <laughs> like, suit and tie man is dead. Right. And we have no, no idea what his connection really is. The, the cool thing is like, I've always got to give credit to the writers uh, for the Saw movies for writing the script for what Jigsaw says and then putting the clues in there. A lot of the times, they are really, really fucking obvious. A lot, you know, in the first one, they had a really good one where, where he whispers, look for your heart or, you know, look for the heart marker. Um, in this one, he actually says like, oh, the, the numbers are in the back of your head. Well, he doesn't quite say wait, that, wait. but <laughs> they're at the back of your mind. Yeah. You just think real hard about it. Think real hard. And they're all like, oh, I'm so groggy. Uh, but we also noticed that uh, Detective Matthew's son, uh, Daniel, is in there as well. And so that then connects us back to going back to where uh, Donnie Warburg is. And he, obviously he's absolutely pissed off now, ag uh, angry, aggressive, starts shouting at Jigsaw, what does he want? And Jigsaw just basically says to him, look, there's a timer here. Yeah. Your son, in, when that timer is expired, your son will be revealed in a safe place. So just sit here and listen. But Detective Matthews can't do that. He just keeps getting irate, interrupting and yelling and screaming and getting pissy and then leaving. And Jigsaw's just like, I'll just stay here. I'll just, I'll just wait this out. And, uh, and then they end up 
Dina Meyer's like, oh, how do we, how do we break him down? How do we find out where these people are? How do we get your son back? And then you've got this other copper who's just like, oh, you don't understand what this man's going through. He's lost his son. He's lost his wife. He's disgraced. You know, he let him handle this and stop doing it your way. Yeah. There was so, I started to see like all of the characters in this film just became very one note and they kept that one note obviously through their entire existence in the film (laughs) and it was just starting to grate. It really was. Even though I I, I quite like Donnie Wahlberg as an actor, he was starting to annoy me with the fact that he's not done anything in the film to make me warm to him in the slightest other than he has that, you know, parental love for his child. That's it. But it still gets muddied in how much of a shithead he actually is. Yeah, even him being a, a caring parent isn't really, like, shining a spotlight onto his character. And and then, then us cutting back to the house. That stuff is really quite weak now looking back on it. Because once they get out of the room, you know, the, they're told that... There's a fucking antidote in this safe. The numbers are in the back of your mind. You have to think. But nobody figures Nobody figures out that thing. So they all wander out of the room. And you get really lost and disoriented how big this fucking place is. Because it, 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 it seems like a house. It, it, it acts like a house. But it's got some of the longest fucking corridors. It feels like something they've built inside a warehouse. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? And then they've just stuck these people in there. And so... They're walking around all these different rooms. There's padlock, 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 padlock. And I, and I was like, wow, I'm sure they all had their own little traps. Well, they kind of do. They Each room, they, when they, they find don't. it, has a tape set up for one yeah, of but them. The, yeah, but the, for one of them. So, like, we get a, ta- a, a tape set up for the hoodie guy. Um, and we... There's a tape set up for the good-looking girl, but she never listens to it. And she just happens to stumble in that room. Right. <laughs> you know? Um, and then there's a room set up for, for Jock, for the for Xavier. So, there's, like, we never see one for Jonas. We no. never see one for the guy who gets shot in the eye. No. You know? So it's like... How... Where, how, so there were how probably traps we find never these... got to see. Exactly. How are we ever going to find a lot of these rooms? So we, we come across the room with, with Omi and... I was confused by his his game as well because he he gets told to climb inside the furnace. Well, the 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 tape actually um, set kind of sets him up because Jigsaw reveals on the tape that this guy, everyone in the room, this guy is the guy that that kidnapped you, abducted you, and put you in this house. Yeah, uh, and now uh, and now he's going to go in there and get a vaccine for himself. And the others like immediately like gang up on him. They want answers, and he's like, "Look, I know nothing." Like, yeah, okay, I kidnapped you, but <laughs> I'm here too. Yeah, and uh, and he's like, "Well, I'm going in anyway." And uh, there's so, a weird thing though. Before he goes in there, he's walking past the furnace thing, and he unscrews a little thing, and then he throws it away. And then he starts knocking on it, and then he climbs in there. And I was like, "What? Did did you sabotage yourself? I That's don't know, I don't know what difference and that even made." Even when he climbs in, he climbs in and he takes one down. And I'm like, "Well, you could go," but the film language. There's two in there. Yeah, there's two in there, but the film language basically tells you like, if he does the second one, he's going to set off the trap. Yeah. And so he does. He he pulls it, which closes the door, which sets off his own trap. And I'm like. Any of you could have taken the time to break the glass yeah. or hold the door open exactly. or do anything. Like, like, they all know they're dying. They all know now at this point they're in a sore trap. And they all know he's about to get into a furnace. Yeah. Like, oh my god. Everyone has just sat around, looking around. Yeah, and I granted, they're, they're dying. They've been poisoned. But, like, come on. This yeah, is just the beginning of even... stupid decisions characters are going to make in this film. Which horror, which which is a horror yeah, movie I trope. Know. But when but there's so it's... many of them, it compounds the issue. And it's just when I, when the flames start and he's in there and I'm like, 
that could have been avoided. Um, yeah, and and it's cool with him screaming, but honestly, like it's not really that gory. Even when he does break out the glass, his skin isn't burnt off. He's got, yeah, he's got some burnt patches. Yeah, I'm guessing it's internalized. He's cooked inside. Yeah, but that's but... what I'm saying. We're talking. This is sore. I know. Too. You want you expected you skin know, dripping I off wanted, the bones? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> even when his hand hits the glass, it's like not even a lot of blood. What I did like, though, was that uh, even in the tape, it's just like, when you're in hell, only the devil can save you. And inside the furnace, there's the picture of the devil pointing to the, ah, to the dial. Nice. And he just, obviously, he's too scared. He's up in the corner. Yeah, he yeah, won't go yeah. into the fire to do it. Uh, and he dies. He dies. And, and th that's the thing, like, as the movie continues on, as they're stumbling around more of the house, I mean, you've got kind of dinner jacket girl who we never really find out what her crime was, you know, but we're assuming that she was arrested by Detective Matthews and sent the crime for a crime she didn't commit, A-team style. Um, but she just dies in the middle of the corridor of nerve gas. And I'm like, so what, it affected her? Quicker than quicker the others. than everybody else. Maybe she got a higher dose of it. Maybe she had a lower tolerance to it. But yeah, it's, it's you know, human so biology is different. Never, she, she was never going to get to her trap. Well, I mean, she so spent it, most of the time moping around and not trying to find her trap. Right, so. but in a way, unintentionally, Jigsaw killed her. Like, he he put her in this game, and so her game was to obviously save herself. But if she never even got the chance to get to her game, because we never well, saw a room... She had, she, she had two hours to do so, and she didn't. Loose, <laughs> loose, loose. Um, but we, we cut back to Detective Matthews as well. Uh, um, and obviously he's he's now he's he's had enough with Jigsaw because he's seen on the monitor people have dying like you know his son's getting even more and more closer to death, um, so he beats Jigsaw up. And before that though, he actually has a new plan, doesn't he? He's just like, oh, you know, Jigsaw has his legacy and he has all of his work, and you know, serial killers love you know, the press and yeah, being yeah, famous. Yeah. So I'm going to start ripping up all of his documents, and <laughs> Jigsaw, all of his trap designs. Jigsaw give a shit. Yeah, and Jigsaw's just like, you can destroy all this if you want. It's not going to make any difference when I'm gone. Yeah. So uh, and he's just like, yeah, I love that Jigsaw just has the power in this scene, even though he's the one who's dying and has been arrested in court. Yeah, that's that's really you know the the, the deepness of the Saw character because when he starts to explain to Detective Matthews, like, look, you know, all of this is fleeting. Like, I've got cancer. I was going to die, so I went to commit suicide, and I didn't die. So because of that, I've taken it upon myself to make people appreciate their life, much as I'm appreciating my life now. You got all that from that sequence? Yeah. Because all I got was, I mean, no offense, mate. I had the subtitles on. I'm, oh, right. I'm, over, I'm over 40. I've got to fucking hear this shit. So I was like, what was that? Say, say again, Jigsaw. Can you put it on a tape? Because it sounds much clearer on a tape. I don't know. <laughs> the voice changer helps. Still don't understand. Those who don't appreciate life do not deserve life. My son appreciates his life. But do you appreciate yours? But no, I, I, he mumbled his way through that scene. But he kept his composure and his intensity, yeah. though. So even though he was mumbling, it sounded like mumbles. It's, it's Tobin Bell. He's going <laughs> to yeah. kind of talk like this. Yeah, exactly. He's always talked like that. But it was just films. a massive contrast to uh, angry, super angry Donnie Wahlberg. Yes. Like, Give me back my son. <laughs> Where is he? Yeah. Where is he? Why'd you say that name? <laughs> Um, but yeah, Jigsaw takes the beat in and then he's just like, you know what, fine, okay, game over. Um, I'm going to take you to this house. And the tech team as well that worked for the SWAT team, they've been trying to localize the source of the signal coming from 
the TVs and stuff. So the tech team send the SWAT team in one direction and we follow Donnie Wahlberg and Jigsaw going in another direction. At the same time, the people in the house are coming real close to their deaths. You know, fucking, uh, like we said, dinner suit girl, she's died in the middle of the corridor. Yeah, uh, I think at this point, uh, Xavier has found his trap room and it's announced that he was a drug oh, dealer. Yes. And when they oh, yeah. pull back the uh, the, the rugs or the, the, the sheets, they see that there is a huge pit filled with needles. Mm. Now, according to the production, uh, it, took them four, it took four people four days to fill that pit with the needles. But what they had to do was take real needles yeah. and then remove the actual metal and replace yeah. them with fiberglass ones so right, they're easily right. breakable yeah yeah uh, but unfortunately some real needles fell into the pit which caused a whole furore as they now have to make sure that all the real needles have been removed from a real needle pit so yeah. that must have been a real fun day on yeah. set <laughs> yeah. uh, but they also put some water and some like gelatin some gel in there so that you know the the it, it made it feel more like a seabed of needles you know right, so that it had more movement yeah because that's the one thing that i always remember about this uh, Saw two movie was like I said I was ex expecting the extreme stuff and then so when I saw the pit needles I was like ah oh, yeah I remember now this sequence is really harsh yeah because um, Xavier picks up Amanda and throws her in the pit he he's does. like I ain't going in there you go he does he fights with the door for fucking ages and then when he finally gets in the door he set off this timer and it's just like get in the pit find your key and he picks up Amanda and throws her in so Shawnee Smith fucking sells it so brilliantly she does. she's trying to move around on these needles and. But for for me as well, it's been a long time since I watched it. We've seen a lot of horror movies. I'm like, you know what? The the practical effects are really really good. Yeah. Um. But she she does actually find the key. Yeah. And she does actually get him the key, and he just yeah. doesn't get to the door. And he, in time. Well, no, he gets to the door in time. He just stumbles at the door and says, "Oh, I can't get yeah, it." All yeah, the true. times out. Yeah. <laughs> oh damn. So Amanda went through all that for nothing. <laughs> for nothing. Damn. But is it, like we said, it's like with the good-looking girl, she, like she stumbles into her door. I yeah. don't know how far she wandered around this, how big this place is, because she gets completely separated from everyone. And then when she stumbles into her room, or we think it's her room, she comes across this trap with these two boxes. She doesn't even listen to the tape. She just puts her hands into the trap. What well, goes to grab the needle, fucks it up, and then she's trapped in there, cutting her hands to pieces. Cause yeah. The, Entrances. It's a nasty looking trap, isn't it? Yeah. Just like, because when your hands are in there, because the way they fold, if you're panicking, that's it. You're literally just going to cut your hands off. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and well, I mean, she she ruins the antidote straight away as well, doesn't she? Because she fumbles it and then yeah. she goes to pick up the bottom part. So she's already ruined it. And then she's stuck in there and she's screaming for help. And then, of course, here comes Xavier yeah. to come in. And he's just like, mm, yeah, I can see you're trapped there. But actually, I just want the number on the back of your neck. That's and it. See ya. Because he's, he's figured it out. He went back to the original room, got away from everybody, figured out that there were numbers on the back of people's necks. He has a confrontation with Jonas... Um, who Jonas wants to work with him for a little bit because they, they've been in prison, so let's work like we were back in prison. Um, and, and Xavier kind of threatens him with a knife and they fight, and so he nails Jonas in the back of the head with a spiked bat. Yeah. I'm like, we didn't even get to see Jonas's fucking trap yeah. room either. Like, oh man, like such a lame death, yeah, really. Like is. for a Saw movie, it's yeah. like, oh. I mean, it makes sense for a shitty fucking crappy script horror movie where a bunch of yeah. people are trapped in there. But for a Saw movie, you're, you're like, like, where's the traps, man? People should be dying in traps. They should be dying in traps. And yeah, lo and behold, the girl in the wrist trap is probably the last trap of the movie. Yeah. Uh, now, I just want to say as well that um, I love the way that this trap was designed with an easy out. 
that is kind of hard to... It, it's easy to miss. Right, But right. I, I imagine if you were in the situation in that room and you weren't panicking, you would see it. Yeah. Uh, and the filmmakers even left it dangling there for you to see, but they blurred it out. Right, right. When she puts her hands in the box, there's literally a padlock with the key still inside it hanging at the top. So if you put your hand all the way in, you can then just grab the key and unlock it and ah. dismantle the whole trap. But of course, you see the antidote, your hands go in and you You're grab it. stumbling for yeah. death as well. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So I was just like, that's... That that's it, it's kind of cool that Jigsaw knew like I can put the solution right there, but you're going to be in such a panic and such a rush that you just completely miss it. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. Like, that's cool. Well, that's that's the cool little details as well with the Saw movies is that if you're if you're enjoying it and you look in the background, you get those little details that the you know the the filmmakers have not left out intentionally because they don't think their audience are fucking just going to switch their brains off. They the audience actually want to catch all yeah. those little details. But I also think like with the needle pit, like when they uncovered it, like at the top it was all of the sheets and bed covers and stuff. And I was yeah, like, that would have made going into the pit that much more safer. Yes, they could have if they just been smarter yeah, yeah, as yeah. people yeah. these traps in this film are probably the easiest to solve or overcome in the entire franchise well they, they all you know? are really you know a lot of the times especially when you have the group uh, group saw movies if they work together they would work them out but yeah. it's always so, the aggressiveness and the egos and all that kind of stuff that yeah. kind of ruins all that yeah it's just for once I would like to see some smart prisoners I guess try to overcome and. Uh, would, but then again it, I do want to see them die in gruesome horrible ways because it's a saw movie that's it there's a, there's a couple I think there's a couple coming up in some sequels that you go ah, oh, and then they die and you're yeah. like oh. <laughs> yeah. um, but especially with this one like Xavier is now look, going around looking for the code from everybody's name like I don't know like how long is this fucking code and how is he going to remember it get all the numbers get all the way back to the safe room take it out and get the fucking I don't, you stop thinking about it. We don't it. have to worry about that anyway because um, Jigsaw's kind of set up. The X marks the spot. It was the thing that, that Laura marked before she died. Yeah, yeah. And when they pull back the painting, they see a picture in there of Eric and Daniel, father and son. Yeah. And so, like, everyone in there had been arrested by him, as we found out, had also been set up. Uh, and so it makes everybody in there immediately angry, except Amanda, who's like, you're a small boy. They kind of had a flirty she, look she's kind of taking care, care of, of him yeah, kind of thing, yeah, which so. works in with her character so she's trying to escape with him to get away from xavier and they end up opening a door into this giant bathroom with well, two corpses in it well they i mean they they get through the hole in the floor where the safe was and they go through this tunnel system and at the same time detective matthews has turned up at the house um with jigsaw and he's worked his way in and he's working his way down to the basement as well at the same time on top of that the SWAT team have gotten to another house and they've gone in and found out that all of the footage that they've been watching hasn't been live it's been pre-recorded and it's been broadcast to where Dina Meyer is so she realizes that actually all of the deaths that we've seen have actually happened already and so when Eric finally gets down to the same bathroom that was in the first Saw movie with the body of Adam and Zepp you know, we find that Xavier is already dead because he's already been killed by Amanda. And as Eric makes his way over to the bath and f f goes to find what he thinks is his son and finds it's one of the pig people instead, he's injected and knocked out. And it's revealed. And th th I suppose this is for me where Saul really started to take off because a lot of horror sequels up the ante but don't really up the story. You know, maybe Halloween 2, still the penultimate one, where it just ends and it's just like, look, this is how we finish a horror sequel. 
a load of horror sequels are just like, look, we just got to keep going. We've got to keep the body count going. We need to keep the franchise going. So in this one, it gets to the end and says, right, here's everything you missed. Like, it was fine that the first film did that, and it did it in rapid cuts, like yeah, machine yeah. gun rapid cuts. This one went, here, here's audio and snippets. Like, it broke down every scene Everything. into, like, three seconds. I was like, yeah. you didn't need this this overlong recap right at the end Well, they here. did. It's a Saw thing. Oh, but it, it, yeah, but that that is it. This is a Saw thing. And obviously, the same editor from the first film edited this one. And literally, even though it wasn't James Wan directing, they just emulated the Everything, feel yeah. and vibe and style of the first film. Yeah. Even though it was done as a necessity because they didn't have the coverage or the footage to, for the film. Yeah. So even though they did this time, they still edited it that way, which I guess <laughs> I guess it keeps it consistent within the Saw like, yeah. film series. Yeah, yeah. But it's still kind of grating and it's still kind of annoying. However, it's also saved by a fantastic musical score, yes. which really elevates the whole twist shock ending as Amanda is now standing over over Eric Matthews like game over and locks him in as he's chained to the ankle. You know, chained at the ankle. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. He's okay. chained up. He's lost his game. He's, yeah. he's now stuck there, and just like cut, Adam was at the end. We cut to Jigsaw. Then you know, sat in the car, like not dead yet. Kind of smiling. Was yeah, he smiling? Yeah, he's, he's, smiling. he's smiling. He's won. Game yeah, over. He won over. again. He got it. Yeah. <laughs> I also have to go back to uh, Xavier. I think it was um, Daniel that killed him. Slit his throat open. Yeah, he and did. I was like, yeah. God damn it! I like that. Like, with no saw trap for him either. No. Like, that's two of these, like three of these people, have died at all terrible deaths for a yeah. saw movie. Yeah. You know. And uh, granted, the, the most horrifying bit was when he cut his own back of his neck to get his number. I thought it was funny that he put his own skin in his pocket. <laughs> I, I didn't understand. Like, Xavier was such a fucking dumbass jock character. Like, yeah. a lot of his decisions he could have just avoided if he wasn't such a complete bullyish asshole. And him cutting his neck off. Like, the way he looks at it. I, it man, imagine if it was an eight and he'd only cut it in half. Yeah. And he's like, zero? <laughs> yeah yeah quite satisfying ending though even though the majority of the film kind of wavered yeah it sets up another Saw movie which is really good because for, for me a lot of horror movies a lot of horror franchises had done that had set up their next movie but I didn't want to. I re I kind of really didn't want to. Maybe Friday the 13th was the only one where I'm seeing Jason dead and I'm like, oh, I can't wait for him to come back and kill teens all over again. The same with Jigsaw. I was like, oh, Jigsaw's not dead. I can't wait for him to stick stupid people in stupid traps. Yeah. <laughs> well, Ian, what were your favourite stupid traps? Lots of stupid <laughs> traps. Um, I mean, the, the one that always sticks with my mind now, especially after re-watching it, has got to be the needle trap. I, I think Shawnee Smith does a fucking ama amazing job um, looking scared, looking hurt, you know, like you said, um, seeing them sticking out of her body, her glad, fucking gladly knowing that they had taken out all of the needles and put in fiberglass ones, because even the close-ups make the needles look dirty. They do. So, like, I know it's fake, and I know it's just practical effect, but at the same time, when I'm seeing her stuck there, I'm thinking, man, all she's got is AIDS and <laughs> HIV now. I mean, imagine you've just made all these traps, you know, you've set all these people up. Nobody are going in the rooms. Yeah, right. And you get thrown in there yourself. I'd be fucking pissed. <laughs> um, I do kind of like the Iron Maiden trap at the beginning. But maybe I just like it because nostalgically I know that now every movie is going to start with a trap. And people are just going to get fucked up even more. Um, I love seeing Tobin Bell doing his John Kramer jigsaw stuff. Maybe I like the John Kramer start as well. You know, um... 
his backstory and how that just starts getting more elaborate, more de deep as the movies go on. Oh man, I just can't wait for number three. Yours? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I uh, I did actually struggle to uh, to come up with some favourite scenes, but I guess I'll go with some of the. Uh, the more memorable moments and the opening trap. Yeah, it's the most sore uh, feeling or scene of the entire movie. You know, it's a single person waking up in a in a horrible mechanized trap. Yeah, with a timer. Yeah, like that for me is the most sore this film is in its entirety. Uh, so yeah, quite memorable way to start the film. Sets you up. It reminds you where you are. <laughs> You're back in a saw movie. Yeah, fling grilled Obi. You know, yeah, yeah. like uh, I think that was the most vicious and cruel trap uh, just because of the fire. Uh, the the It's the fact that it's an extended death. You know, he's in there for a long time yeah, as screaming. the flames creep up yeah. the furnace, as he starts to get set on fire, as he then just roasts in there as they struggle to get him out. I was like, man, that was, was elongated and it was it was stressful. Yeah. So, yeah, very memorable, very memorable death. Tobin Bell mumbling to an angry Donnie Wahlberg. Like, uh, I guess this is the most acting we get from uh, the two leads uh, of the film, really. And, uh, yeah, it was not so much how he was saying it, but what he was saying was kind of interesting. Mm. And uh, so it, it kind of just reminds you why Jigsaw's doing what he's doing. It's still, like, not a... Like, you still don't quite understand his rationale where he's just like, well, I was dying of cancer and I tried to kill myself and nature wouldn't do it. So I just thought, well, I'll just start experimenting on people. And it's like, oh, okay, John. Okay. Clock is ticking, John. But most people have the luxury of not knowing when that clock's going to go off. And the irony of it is that that keeps them from really living their life. It keeps them sleepwalking. Uh, I, I really liked it when they did open up into that bathroom set. They recreated, obviously they destroyed the set from the first film, but I think they very faithfully recreated yeah, it. I couldn't yeah. tell that it was... The way the lights pop on, just like yeah, in the first Yeah, exactly, movie. yeah. Like, I don't know if they reused the shot, maybe, or yeah, if they maybe. rebuilt it entirely that way. But it was cool just to see, I mean, they got the continuity mostly right in the film, but except for, for Zep, who's laying there, I was mm. like, didn't he get bludgeoned like 20 he, times? He did, so his face should have been It should have been mushed, yeah. but like, no, it's not. But yeah, it was kind of sad to see Adam sat back there. I'm like, he never did get out. No. He never did get out. Oh, well. And uh, and of course, uh, the Amanda twist at the end, like, you obviously you can only experience that twist once. Then again, if you've seen any of the later sequels or played any of the games, you're just like, oh, like, yeah, <laughs> that twist know. is out there. Yeah. Uh, so it very much does lessen the impact of this film. Whereas in rewatching the first one, like we all know at this point that he's there, but it doesn't ruin the film no. for me. Whereas the Amanda twist in this one kind of does a little bit. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Ian? Do you recommend Saw 2? I, I do recommend Saw 2, but um, at the same time, like I said it in the first um, film review, like you could easily just stop with Saw 1 and just not bother watching any of the other sequels ever again. It, it just stays self-contained in that one movie and it's re-watchable over and over again as, as that one movie. If you watch Saw 2, you are now on the ride for watching all of the other sequels and I personally enjoy them because they have a story continuity that goes all the way through yes it gets a little bit confusing yes it gets a little bit diluted yes it goes a little bit all over the place but i like that because some horror movies are just so easily you know flowable and bland that you kind of you don't care you just want the killer to go in there and kill some people and you'll enjoy it at least with 
the Saw movies, especially number two, we get the introduction of newer characters, the introduction of newer traps, the introduction of just newer ideas that a horror movie could be more than just blood and guts. Yeah. I'm definitely still going to be recommending Saw 2, although I don't consider it as highly as I had. It's still worth a watch. Yeah, and there's plenty of traps, good thrills, and a cool twist. Saw 2 ramps up the body count, and it delivers more fodder for Jigsaw. It's more of the same, but with a bigger set, and bigger production value, and a little bit more gore. But it's not really ever in excess, the gore. Mm. My complaints of the jarring edits from Saw 1 continue as Kevin Grutert overuses the flashy jump cuts to spice up the action, but sometimes it's to comical effect. A lot of the characters, or fodder, are mostly one-note characters. None of them are particularly interesting, with exception to perhaps John and Amanda. And as the twists play out, it's easy to root for the villains as they were the more developed characters. The effects are really good, very believable, and one of the film's highlights, along with the set design and awesome theme music by Charlie Clouser. It gives the final act and twist that extra impact. As a standalone film, I'd say it's pretty average, actually, and barely worth a watch. As a Saw sequel, it's pretty much helping in setting the mould for future sequels, and it was great to give Jigsaw center stage this time around, fully utilizing the awesome Tobin Bell. So, yeah, during occasional Saw marathons, this was a highlight. I personally don't rate it as high anymore, but it's more than watchable as we head into more convoluted twists and over-the-top gore. New game, different pieces. Thanks for watching Off The Shelf Reviews.